What all happened last session? Last session, oh god, we went to Paragon Industries, right? Yeah, one of their <laughs> R&D facilities that has yeah. its own internal security system, so no one would know you were oh, there. Right. Uh-huh. Spectra was very specific choosing that. We found our engineer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, unexpectedly. The engineer yelled didn't know you had. <laughs> I've been wanting to introduce him. I was like, you know, he'll just be there. And then when he sees it, I'm just like, okay, I'm out. Bye. I'm <laughs> going back to my old job. Seems about right. Didn't even tell anyone. Just gave a note of here. <laughs> I'm not working here anymore. Bye. He had his two weeks letter like already written in his coat. Yeah. <laughs> or two second notice. Some hackers tried to get into Paragon Industries system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just at the most lovely opportune moment. The, the weird goop tried to get out. Yes, because I wanted to introduce slimes to this universe. Also, I do believe Ferda did reveal her face for a while before y'all left. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you also had to sign some NDAs basically saying you won't spread word about any information you got from the engine, but you'll get some nice good deals from them. So once they announce it, then you can talk about it. They just try and decrease the likelihood of people trying to break in and steal their stuff. Especially when they aren't entirely sure how this engine works. Because last thing we want is someone to be like, oh, hey, I'm going to steal that and hook it up to my ship. Oh, I created a black hole. Good job. Good job. You broke it. And now we have a black hole to deal with. Have fun. No, I don't think that would happen. That'd be fun to deal with, but that's, yeah. That's a theoretical example they get for things. And so the rest of the night passed uneventfully. You all are on your way to basically a little safe house Spectra has set up that she has assured you no one's gonna know about it. It's not going to be traceable and it's going to be somewhere where you all can lay low. It's gonna take some time to get there because she's taking the indirect route until she can get to a quiet part of space and then just stealth the rest of the way there. The rest of the day passes mostly uneventfully. You all go to bed and you have a full day ahead of you. A note on the robots design. The copper, the color has changed to copper. Okay. <laughs> Any particular reason or just aesthetic? Yes, but that is for the fans to figure out. Okay. It'll be a while before they hear about that, but okay. Oh, yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. I've just started editing session 12. This is 20. <laughs> so, at the moment, Lex is still locked in engineering. He's got a couple of projects going on that are delicate, so no one's going to be getting in there for a while. He will eventually come out. Tali assures you that there's food in there. He'll be fine. He just does this sometimes. <laughs> I have to admit, when you said Lex, I my, like I was like, what? Something? <laughs> like, my brain registered it as like Alexis. Like, Lexis. Oh. Lexis. I was like, what? What, what did I do? <laughs> fine. It'll be fine. Do I have his name written down wrong? I have it written down as Lan. 
I don't know why. His no. name is Lex. And wow. since I've been watching a lot of DC stuff, including Supergirl, my brain keeps following that up with Luther. And I'm like, no, you stop that. Yeah. Don't make our engineer evil. That's not going to end well. No, I, he's odd, but he's fine. Okay. So he's doing that. Maria is still working on dismantling Synthroth's network, going through all of those communications to see if he has any connection to the bounty situation or whoever's behind the bounty situation, because she's still trying to figure out who that is. And also trying to see if he knows about whoever it was that stole her ship, because she's still biffed about that. I think Tali's probably still helping Drew and Daria get suit upgrades done and taken care of and things like that and Spectra is piloting so what do you all want to do? I'm going back to work on in the suit getting that thing refurbished. What part of that are we focusing on today? Because I think you gotta like sort of dismantled and cleaned out. Reassembly. Main aesthetic stuff is probably gonna be on the outside unless there's specific stuff we want to change on the inside first because she is going to be asking the enemy directly like what doesn't work about this? What needs to be changed? We don't have to get into detail about that. We can hand wave parts of that, but I imagine that would take a fair amount of time. It's a long-term project, but it's a fun one. It's the, the thing where you're just going to dump all of the extra time you have into it to finish it way faster than Because we can't have anima without our suit. That's kind yeah. of a big deal. I mean, I think we've established that there are other suits they may not fit as well but they serve the same purpose if she needs heavy armor while that's being worked on i want the person that is standing between me and the thing that can kill me to be comfortable so that they can stop the thing that's trying to kill me from killing me (laughs) i don't need them to be distracted because oh the arm doesn't quite lift high enough first line defense needs working armor yeah Mm -hmm. That, that, that's I'm, a good point. Plus, I'm not freestyling. This is a model that I assume is relatively well-known. So I have, like, all of the user manuals up, every single thing that everybody have, ever having taken one apart. So, if anything, I'm applying all of the stuff I'm learning from rebuilding, going by the books, which is faster, to the homebrew thing that I'm making. This should take much less time. Gotcha. I'm also there. I'm helping. Vi, what are you doing? <sighs> Vi's a little torn. On one hand, there's the her board to work on. Try to deal with that or narrow that down. Conspiracy board. Yeah, her conspiracy board. And then there's the fact that she's not really trusting that the hackers was just a uh, coincidence. And so Vi is not happy, especially since Doral didn't give like a straight answer when Vi asked about like, have the hackers done anything since like that ooze came into the system? Uh, Vi's a little suspicious of that. Not necessarily against Doral, but just, yeah. (laughs) I do have one thing I need to go back and correct, because, um, the, the name of the organization is it's from the book and I keep calling it the wrong thing. It's the Shadow Technocracy, not whatever I called it last time. Okay. You called it uh, Tetrarch. Okay. Yes, I don't yeah. know why I have okay, that in so my head, but it's Technocracy. The Shadow Net Technocracy. It's just, that's it. Okay. 
you kind of have the ability to research the group if you want. You also know that Spectra is, like, Spectra and Tali and them are familiar with it. And you know Spectra's in the helm right now if you want to go talk to her. Yeah, I guess so. We can do that. As you walk into the helm, she's doesn't have hands on the wheel, but she's watching. You just see she's absentmindedly, like, rubbing her arm. And then she looks down and starts rubbing it more. And roll me a perception check. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. See, perception. Yay, I got a 24. Very nice. You know how sometimes when people have tattoos, they'll, like, cover it with makeup and stuff and, like, sort of washing it, watching it come off? And you notice that she was rubbing her arm, these markings started appearing, and she looked down and started doing it more. It's like she was taking a layer of something off and she starts doing it to the other arm too and um, you know she has a series of like faint tattoos that look like constellations from a distance they might look kind of like freckles but you can tell there are small stars and constellations on her arms hmm. Seems to carry her. She, she just keeps sort of rubbing until it's all off and then she's like nice and then goes back to what she's doing She's never had them exposed to us before, though. No. Has she realized I'm in the room while she's doing this, or...? Hang on, let me... Because I imagine you're not particularly being sneaky, but you're not being loud about it. No. No. She has not. (laughs) She's distracted. Okay. While she's distracted, would it be possible for me to try and take a picture of at least part of the tattoo. See if I could research it later, maybe. Either arm. Like, okay, sure. Stealthily. Stealth. Yeah, stealth or, let's say sleight of hand, because you're having to, like, you're having to, like, physically do something to take the picture. Okay. I'm picturing, like, the camera glasses where you have to, like, click a button on the side or something. Okay, yeah. I only got an 11 for that, so. And what's your modifier? Or is that with the modifier? That's plus modifier, yeah. Okay. She rolled a 12 on her perception, so she looks up and says, Oh, Felia, is everything alright? Uh, yeah. I just was thinking about the hackers, Paragon, and I don't necessarily believe that having the hackers attack either while we were there or at least while that ooze was there, was coincidence, necessarily. And so I was thinking about doing some research into the, the Shadownet technocracy. I was wondering if you had any starting points for that. They can be rather tricky to research. They live in the very, very dark corners of the Shadownet. They're hard to find even if you know where they are. And researching them can prove problematic if you're trying to do it without them noticing. For the most part, they stick to themselves, but they're also can be dangerous. But not all in the technocracy are dangerous. Some are groups who just choose to rail against the different corporations for different reasons. Do they stick firmly to old beliefs, just decide to be a thorn in the side? The more dangerous ones tend to be hard to find and hard to get the attention of unless you're really trying. And then they're more likely to just go further into hiding. But with this group, 
My gut says they're probably just activists of some sort trying to stick it to the man or something. I was able to locate several of them and there are people going to pick them up now, so if there's something bigger going on, they will be able to find out the truth. Mm. Alright, although I disagree that it, people in the shadow net are sometimes harmless, but that's a more philosophical discussion. Not as much harmless as being not an active direct threat. Alright. So we're heading uh, to one of your safe houses now to lay low, try to get more uh, information, hopefully, about Trigger. Yes, get more information, see if we can find some allies who would be willing to help us or instead of there's some who may pretend to be allies, though it's most likely just sell us out at the second notice to get a leg up with Trigger or something, but I know some people who may be able to help. We just need to get somewhere where we know we are safe and can lie low for some time. Mm. Alright. And this safe house, there's they won't be able to track. It's not connected to me, and no one knows about it. Mm, Alright. I actually I... set it up a long time ago for situations like this. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, in my line of, in this line of work, you anger dangerous people. You always need somewhere to go or no one will be able to find you. Yeah, that is helpful. You have very interesting tattoos. Oh, yes, it's a. And she just kind of like looks down at her arms. I had them covered for so long that it took a while for me to get the, all of the concealer off. I was reapplying it regularly because I didn't want anyone in the Federation to notice, and it, it got a little attached over time. Finally, I was able to get most of it off. So, the uh, camouflage earrings, they don't conceal uh, tattoos or anything like that, even though they changed your skin, to- your skin color? They can, but it's better to have backups in place, especially for long term. Mm. It can cause some discrepancies in the camouflage, and I didn't want to risk having any of these appear, because even if I explained it the way, it would only take so much research for them to realize these constellations don't exist in that area of space. Yeah, that would be problematic. Also, the camouflage was yeah, the can yeah, the earrings. Well, it also changed like the skin tone on her arms as well because she does have the it's like a bluish greenish tinge to her skin. Yeah, I think that's what you said. Yeah, no, I think it's more of like a like a faint greenish tinge, like almost like an olive green tinge from her dad's side of the family, because he's cash. It's fun keeping those two straight. These tattoos are a bit of a family tradition of whenever we make a particularly impactful find, whether it's a vault or something else, we get a tattoo of a constellation we find nearby. Gonna have to get the new one for the latest one, but that can wait until later. It's not, um, so in your family you don't just, uh go through vaults, yeah, exploring vaults, you also do other things as well? I mean, I know that your parents, what was it, they founded the uh, Pirate Corps? It's not as much founded as they've been influential members for a while. The tattoo tradition oh. actually came from my father's side. He's a 
Cashin is one of the starred wanderers. He's where I got a bit of my love of history and my wanderlust. My mother was more of the diplomat of the family, helped me find a love for the culture of things. So, I mean, a few of my brothers have a contest going on, seeing who can find the most vaults. Are you winning so far? I, I'm in the lead, and we've definitely left several of the other people I grew up with in the dust. <laughs> but not everyone in my family is focused on that. There is a variety of interests. But I'm, I've always been interested in the Crucibles and why exactly they were left here. Well, yes. But some of them were just camouflaged as uh, moons or planets. Well, I guess with the crucible we visited a star would be the more accurate term, but because didn't I believe I recall reading something with Eldor's uh, crucible, how they thought until it sort of activated that they thought it was a second moon or something. Yes, they did, and it changed things quite a bit. It created the Eldori. Well, yes, sort of. It it created. The sort of natural abilities that the Eldori have, yes. Yes. Because there's people who study and want to know what they can learn from the Crucibles, which I admit is fascinating. I mean, when the Dendis were able to crack some of the code, that's how they learned how to create the Ashenforged. What I'm curious about is, why would someone leave something behind that has the ingredients or the instructions for how to create the new life? I mean, it's a question we may never know the answer to, but it's always been an interest of mine. My best friend growing up, he was more focused on the what we could learn from them in the fields of science and technology and how we can make the future better. Spectra, since you know at least some about the Crucibles, I've been trying to think about what happened the few days the the one to two day span between when like the photos were taken of us for the bounty and when the bounty was posted and things like that and the morning that we visited Sinrath you remember we went on a tour of the crucible and there was a ship I believe going off of it is that normal yes that would probably have been one of the Belair research vessels all right, so it is not, hmm, I'm not sure I wish to say a common occurrence, but there, it is known that there are, that, that people do go on the ship, onto the crucible, or very close by it. Not, people don't get this close to the Blaired one due to the energy, but the Blaired do often assist in the study of the Crucible, so mm. scientists and researchers can still learn things without the risk of ending up a Blaire. Mm. Though we still don't know much about how that happened. Their ability to explain the events surrounding that has been hampered by some kind of language barrier mm-hmm. that we've not quite found a way around. Right. But they have been able to help unlock many of the secrets and much of the information available on the Crucible. Alright. 
I just wanted to make sure since while on the tour we did see, or at least I saw a ship seemingly coming off of the Crucible or from very close by it. And so I was thinking if someone was trying to remain undetected, they would try to prevent those who saw anything from telling about it. But if it's a somewhat known occurrence that at least the Belair go in a ship to it, then that's much less likely to be the cause. And even those who would try and be more covert about things, they know to stay away from that crucible. And if you're trying to do something sneaky, you don't do it in the middle of the day without your stealth protocols on. She says this is someone who very much knows that just like, <laughs> not many people would be dumb enough to not only do that, but do that and not try and hide it. All right. Alright, that's good. I just wanted to narrow down as much as possible. Alright, thank you. Fair. Still have a lot of questions about who this person is and what their interest is, and us, especially what it is that we know that they want to know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Spectra, as well. This is more of a question about your political about the I guess political climate of the alliance um, I just would rather double check her eyebrow raises at this but she doesn't say anything well you know at the federation uh, there were you cannot always count on the government to do things you believe it should and so you would have um Let's say third parties go through with it. If someone believed that someone was taken from their home or their planet, would they go in the Alliance? Would they go to the government? Or would they speak with uh, the third parties if they wanted to try to help return them? Part of that would would depend on the person and the reason behind their loved one being taken, but it could be either one. What makes you ask? Mm -hmm. Do you have a theory? Admittedly, it is one of my more far-fetched ones. I'm not talking necessarily about uh, loved ones, but there was a point where someone may have uh, (laughs) been led to believe though they may not have known that the person saying it was kidding, that a couple, a few of us were uh, sort of kidnapped. And even though it was a stranger, I was just wondering what happened. In this case, something was said to the, the tour guide of the... We went on the Crucible tour, and he did seem concerned. And so I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't a possible connection there. Since the political climates, how the government handles things is uh, different here than in the Federation, Um, I just wanted to see what the more likely possibility was. I mean, I'm not sure a tour guide would have the capital necessary to put quite this kind of bounty, and if he spoke to Ilvasar, things would have been cleared up. There's also thinking about who the body was 
put on the people, thieved you were kidnapped, why would he put the bounty on you? Yeah, well, that is true. Uh, it's... that is true. My apologies, it's been a... There's been a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand. it's been a eventful couple of days. Also, oftentimes, whenever you do a vault, it does leave you a little scrambled for some time. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I spoke to Druindaria about, uh, the, what was it, they, they call them, uh, the Guardians. At least that's, I believe, their closest word in our language about him. There's still a lot we don't know about them, but they... They're typically bound to the vault, and that one was a little different. Usually, all we come out with is the item at the end, but it gave me some information to answer to a question. Well, at least part of an answer to a question I've been trying to figure out for some time. And it, that's not a common occurrence. Did something odd happen with you? <sighs> Beyond it's knowing more about the you than you thought it should. They tend to do that a lot, and it's unsettling. Yes, that was unpleasant. I mean, the the Guardian uh, mentioned something about... What was it? Um, being uh, more aware of hidden things. It, it just um, seemed odd, but... The Guardian had an... An answer to your quest to something that had happened outside of the vault. That just seems a little disconcerting that it... Even that the, it has the ability to learn things outside of the vaults. Unless... Well, I suppose if they are all connected and have a... Not a hive mind, but a sort of, um... Central... Data... Area? No. Not entirely sure how it connects, but for that in particular, I should probably explain explain a little bit. A long time ago, a friend of mine died under odd circumstances, and I've been trying to piece together what happened, and I haven't been able to find much information, but there was something that I was able to narrow down after some time, which was this signal. I wasn't able to trace where it came from, but a few years ago I noticed a similar signal. It's actually a big part of why I went to the Federation. I was trying to figure out if there is some connection between where my friend was going and something in the Federation. I was never quite able to find it, but I recorded some data and what the vault gave me was the final piece of an equation I had been struggling to figure out and I was able to well, here, and she pulls up a thing and shows it to you on the tablet. And a lot of the data doesn't make sense, but looking at it, you can see that it's two energy signals that are almost identical. Hmm. It wasn't at the same rate when I was gathering the information in the Federation, but I was able to create an algorithm that proves that whatever it is, it's the same. It's not as strong, but the signal is the same. And my friend, he was going to study something, but 
there has been no record of what that was, and no one knows, and it's... I haven't been able to find it. It's been a very long time, and I still have no answers. Mm. But I do have confirmation of something, even if I don't know what it is. And there's no record of it through, um, I guess, the Belair? Since they have a sort of collective, not consciousness, but they have sort of central libraries that they can reference? I was able to get some information that helped me, because it wasn't just a single signal. It took me a while to eliminate other, like, extraneous data, and the Blair were able to help with that, but they've not been able to explain what it is, and... I've tried any every official route I can think of. There's no record of whatever this job was. Everything is gone on it, and I've been looking for it a while now, but all I was told is there was an explosion at the science station, and no bodies were ever recovered. Hence my trying to figure out exactly what was going on there. Mm. Yes, that does seem odd. Mm. Sorry, I don't know much about signals, per se, so I can't help very much with that. I appreciate it. I've run it by some experts, and they've not been able to give any for sure answers, but it's proved something. I just don't know what yet. Hmm. Is it... Hmm. No, I guess it wouldn't be an audible signal. It would... No. No. Well, hmm... It's likely not something to be solved in a day, but still surprised that the Guardian of the Vault decided to share that with me. It means there's something there, I just don't know what. Hmm. Alright. Do you have any other questions or theories about who might be behind this? I've been trying to figure out that out myself, or what might have caused it. Well, I have a few theories about well, this is sort of back to the bounty, actually. Sorry, I, I'm not sure I can give much help with your signals, but I don't know. I just don't know what. I don't know. I may need to speak with Maria, actually. Did you say earlier that uh, you and Sinrith had worked together at some point, or? It was very. Briefly, I was assisting in the transport after the ship he had been in um, encountered some mechanical failure. So I offered to help because I was in the area, and later on I found out what I was transporting and threw him through a wall. Mm. That was a long time ago. We don't get along well, but he's not yet quite put the bounty on my head. Might have tried to kill me once, but... I'm not sure if it was me or the person next to me that was pointing a gun at him. But I don't think he would be behind this. He's... All of his accounts are frozen and his network has pretty much been burnt to the ground. I mean, he did try. It just didn't go anywhere because everyone knows he's broke, he's burnt, and he, he's on his own. As far as we can tell. Hmm. I just have questions about manufacturing of his drugs, just whether it would be him doing it or if he would uh, sell it to someone and they would manufacture it for him if he's... I don't know if... Mernia knows his whole setup now. She's been parsing through all of his information and sending 
all of his all the information about those contacts and what they've done that she can gather to the alliance so whoever he has is burned as well yes but if he was i want to say i want him reporting to someone but if it's not that as much as maybe someone else was keeping an eye on him and they want whatever information is in Maria's hands or I probably need to check with her and see if the information was destroyed on the original computer. Also, the that box that she picked up. I have to wonder if that would be it either. Those are both possibilities. I think she's in few meetings today, but I'm sure she'll be free possibly later to answer your right. questions. Alright. Alright, so I will I'll visit her later then. Well, thank you, Spectra. You've been very helpful. I need them. We'll figure this out. So now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Victor, did Farida put on any music? Yep. Yeah. She basically can't live without it, so yes. Absolutely. Can I do a roll? Sure. Victor, what music has Farida turned on? And that's a good point, actually. Are there Ashen Forge musicians? I'm sure there are. Spirit has been doing a ton of research into just general cultural aspects of Ashenforge. She would probably have found at least that. Okay, I imagine there's some spread out in every genre, some who are just like dedicated to it. There's a couple who just kind of do it on the side for fun. There's a variety. So what genre does she have on while she's working on this? A kind of a neat techno jazz. It does a lot of floating. It doesn't have a lot of in the way of lyrics, but it's designed to kind of stand back. It's not in your face. I actually have the specific song that I'm thinking of in my head. I have no doubt. <laughs> Give me wisdom. That sentence sounds like it's very different out of context. Twelve. So, it does feel familiar to you. You don't have any, like, specific memories of it. It's like, you know you've heard it before. You can decide if anima, how much Anima enjoys it, but it it does feel familiar to you and you can remember possibly listening to it while working on something with there's not a particular face that comes to mind, but it is familiar to you. Okay. For those listening, it is the Celeste B-Side Mirror Temple music. And I was thinking of the Rainy Day remix of Beneath the Mask from Persona 5. <laughs> well, you gotta share that. That That is too much of a title for me to not want to listen to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you, you can decide if Anima likes it or not. I say probably, because I do like funky beats. Is the, the frame, which I'm working on rebuilding, basically the same as the other frames for suits on the ship? I'm gonna say yeah. The tech isn't gonna be as advanced, but like the core structure stuff is going to be similar, okay. if not the, the same. Is basically the same. Yes. If that's the case, then at some point during this time that we're spending working on the ship, I'm probably going to quickly strip down another suit that is another jumper and that is ferreticized and have a, a sparring match, I guess, between Ferreta and Anima in the broken down suit to work out flexibility and stuff that was not necessarily available before for anime in the heavy suit um, to see if I can make some of the things. Okay. 
do we want to do that now or maybe wait and do that later? Because I, I imagine that would take some time to do that. The actual breakdown of last time took about an hour. I would imagine with the practice that I have had at this point, I could probably break that down to about a half an hour to break down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm cool with it being a, just a background thing. Okay. Because, of course, it's going to be something that's going to contribute to her build, but having two different people troubleshooting on the same basic frame would be very practical. Yeah, I'm picturing maybe not standing close enough to hit each other, but going through the motions of a play fight and... Yeah, it's, it's R-ing. That's the whole point of it. That's a fun mental image in my head, especially considering the height difference. Yes. They're <laughs> also relatively strong, and as far as letting Prometheans go, they're also built to be brawlers, so it's probably a little bit more balanced than you would expect, especially for specifically. Yeah, so not actually putting a lot of strength behind the hits, but just testing movement and stuff like that yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, they're putting strength behind the hits for when you're sparring with Ty, because he's muscly lizard man. Muscly, like what, eight foot or something? <laughs> lizard man? Uh, I want to see he's like, what, seven foot something? I don't remember. I don't know. Large he is the tall, which is funny because tall he is short compared to is tiny compared to him. Is she shorter than Vine Ferda? Uh, I think she's probably like about y'all's height. <laughs> All right. But she's definitely shorter than Ty. Yeah. That does not stop her from trying to tackle him occasionally in the hallway. <laughs> it never ends well, but she never gets hurt. <laughs> as long as she doesn't do that to Vi. I do need you to tell me that she yells sneak attack when she does it. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times when you just heard like, sneak attack! Scuffle, scuffle, scuffle. And then you just hear him continue walking. He's like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've heard, death from above! Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> the first few times I heard that, she was like, what? <laughs> It was, like, on the other side of the ship. <laughs> I think just hearing that would make Vi a little, like, what? <laughs> just hearing echoes of sneak attack. <laughs> yeah, she she knows Ty's about the only person she can get, get away with that with. Yeah, yeah, please don't have her try that against Vi. <laughs> She's not going to. Also, I imagine as y'all are working on the suit, I don't know if you like have the door open or if there's wood, but you just see Ty walking by and Tali's just wrapped around him like a cave. She's like, I got you! I got you! And he just reaches back and pats her head and keeps walking. That's one of the unusually interesting sights <laughs> of the Opal Star. <laughs> it's Tali. She's got a lot of nervous energy to work off. Inspector's not letting her space walk, so... You might hear Ty say, you need to spend some time in anti-gravity. Now I'm fine. No, you need to spend some time in anti-gravity. I'll take you. So, Vi, do you go and research stuff? I mean, just like between breakfast and lunchtime. Breakfast would have been when Spectra was letting people know about where we're going. And be vague as it's possible with no specific details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm to do some taking care of these myself. I have to figure out what, though. 
Actually, there is one thing that, well, I would actually probably need to talk to Maria about it first. I think there is, if you don't have an idea for a thing, I have an idea for a thing. Sure. Because early this morning you would have gotten an update for your mentor that he was going to try approaching Fierda's parents about getting them out. Where do you go after you were talking to Spectra? Where are you going after that? That's a good question. She would go somewhere to be alone in a way, maybe? Actually, let's try to have her go into the the anti-gravity world. <laughs> Just mainly because she's seen, like, it seems uh, peaceful in there. Okay. So you, you go in there before Ty tries to shove Tali in there because she needs to get done with her shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's it's just a thing. It's it's one of her things. She's a she's a special snowflake, and I adore her. Oh yeah, so you go in there. You've been shown how to turn the gravity off. It's a strange sensation, okay. just floating around, but it is quiet in there, and you get two notifications. One that's from the encrypted conversation with your mentor and one that's from one of your more public accounts and it was the one you used to send Farida's mom the message. Which one do you open first? Probably Z's. Yeah. Okay. Z's. So in his message he explains he'd been watching the house for a while and it had gotten quiet the night before and didn't see any activity the following day so when he went in he was surprised to see it was empty furniture's still there but the belongings are gone and he explains like he doesn't know where they went there was no sign of anyone taking them the federation people watching them are still there and he does send you a picture of one odd thing that he found which is a picture of a white lotus okay she know the significance of that? Yes. She's close enough to Farida to know that Farida uses that iconography a lot. Like, it's like her user avatar in a variety of conversations and chats. So, he he's like, does this mean anything to you or to her? Yeah, no, it's definitely I would say maybe a message to Farida. She uses lotuses a lot. Uh, white lotuses in her photo images and things like that. I'll have to ask her about those specifics, but I don't like that they've disappeared. Okay, from what I can tell, the Federation is still watching the house. It doesn't look like they took took them, but I was able to get in and out without detection. We'll keep an eye on things just in case anything changes. Let me know what she says. I will. And I think he also, like, with the timeline he gave you, it looks like around the last time he saw activity would have been around the same time. It looks like the, you got the message from Farida's mom. Okay. Alright, then I'd open the other one to have as much information before I go to Farida as possible. I don't know what her response would look like. What was the initial message? I think you had me you had me send her the song that you made. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, undoctored, and I think you had it. the text say, like, this one isn't for Uncle Freddy, or something like that. Then the response would probably be something along the lines of, how vague would she be? I'll be tending to my blossom soon. I'll be tending to my blossoms soon. <sighs> okay. That makes no sense. Alright. Alright, so at that point, you'll find Farida. <laughs> Which I imagine, do you know where she went or how to find her? Victor, I'll let you describe what is doing as Vi walks in. At that point, I'm thinking that the sparring has gotten to the point where we're trying to figure out the best way to make use of strength. Mm-hmm. So you might walk in and Anima is like <laughs> bench pressing Farida, and Farida's <laughs> just like, okay, I think that that should work. Right? That, that little change in the shoulders really gives you more, more, uh, more range. Oh, hi, bye. Hello. So, Farida, there's been some updates with your parents. Slowly putting Farida down. <laughs> That, yeah, that they're most likely all right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Z told me that the house has been quiet for a day or so, and so we went in to check, and the house is empty. Um, I mean, there's furniture there still, but like the belongings are gone. Though he did find a white lotus there, right? And then I also got a reply from your mother saying, "I'll, I'll tend to my blossoms soon." So, how very artistic of her to say it that way. Yeah. There is this thing that she always told me, which was that well, and the reason why I like it so much is that this flower is one of is a means of protection. I'm guessing if they vanished, then Dad has uh, implemented one of his more clandestine activities. Um, he did plan a variety of escape routes. That was just the thing that he did, since he was kind of a little bit into the security thing. I mean, at the point where you are, you have to be, right? He's a big fan of knowing his, his, his routes out. I'm guessing I'll be tending to the Blossom. Well, that was a nickname for me, but I don't think that that's necessarily something that she would be chasing. I'm going to assume that that means something along the lines of she's going wherever she thinks that I go. They don't know where that is. All right. Well, broad spectrum. Broad spectrum, yes, but so alliance. We don't. Yes, but did we tell them in the alliance? We just said that you were not staying at Uncle Freddy's house for a while. Freddy Federation. It's a really bad pun. It's probably about the worst pun that we possibly could have made. Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned next time to find out what happens on board the Opal Star. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Aboard the Opal Star is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is DM'd and produced by me, Brianna Toiber. I'm Casey, and I'm playing Anima the Ashen Forged. I'm playing Farida the Promethean. My name's Alexis, and I am playing Mylena Sorel the Eldori. With music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.
Hey everybody, you want a new D&D 5th edition podcast to listen to? <laughs> well, I know I'm always looking for one, so guess what? I've got a recommendation for you. It's called Cheaper by the Dungeon. It's a Dungeons & Dragons campaign following the adventures of Zippy, Darian, and Norman D as they travel to become the greatest treasure hunters of all time. We've got some hardcore action. That's Five, 18 damage, 18 damage, four, 18 damage. Three! You come through with an 18 damage, you're swinging another a another swing. Another swing, that's another seven, it's 17 damage. Two! 17 damage, seven, 17 damage! Comedy? Right. So you wanna, you wanna bet on your friends? What do you wanna bet? Uh, they're very lives, I think. As high as it goes. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm ready to win today. Okay. And even some dramatic moments. You have chosen the path you've sown. Now travel to the depths alone. And I, with Royce, I grab him and I throw him over the edge. But most of all, this show is filled to the brim with heart. And we hope that you come and join our adventure and become a cheapskate yourself. Catch Cheaper by the Dungeon anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out. Love you. <laughs> right, yeah, we did it. I've got to find it. It's mine. Darian, that was, that was so good. Wow. I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah.